Welcome to Echoing Faith Today, a podcast conversation on themes of impact and relevance in the new directory for catechesis from the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Jem Sullivan, host and faculty in the School of Theology and Religious Studies at the Catholic University of America. On this podcast, we'll hear from scholars, experts, and those in pastoral ministry. So welcome back, and thank you for taking your place at this table of conversation. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Father Marco Benini, a colleague from the School of Theology and Religious Studies. Father Benini is a research professor of liturgical studies and sacramental theology. He was ordained to the priesthood in 2008 and holds a doctorate in sacred theology. Father Benini, it's a joy to have you join us on this podcast series to discuss the theme of liturgy in the new directory for catechesis. I'm looking forward to our conversation and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. <laughs> thank you. In, yes, uh, in chapter two, the directory for catechesis lists five tasks of catechesis as the following. First, catechesis leads to knowledge of the faith. It initiates into the celebration of the mystery, forms for life in Christ, teaches prayer, and introduces a person into the community life of the church. Why is liturgical catechesis an important task? Yeah, I think as you mentioned, uh, catechesis contains several important tasks. Knowledge, of course, is the first one, it's the basis, uh, but it's equally important to have all of the experience of the faith, and that's why liturgy is so important for the whole process of catechesis. So, for instance, if we look at uh, the disciples of Emmaus already, they knew all things. They knew that Christ was, uh, was crucified, that the tomb was empty, that the women went to the tomb, that the angels told that he was alive. They knew everything, but yet they did not recognize Christ next to them. So, knowledge alone is not enough. And... What did Jesus do? He explains the scriptures, and uh, it's the liturgy of the word, if you like, and then they recognized him when he broke the bread, the Eucharist. So it's a liturgy that warms our hearts and that opens our eyes to recognize him because we experience his presence. But of course, in order to experience this presence, we need a liturgical catechesis, um, mystagogy, if you like, an introduction a leading into the mystery. And so we need also to explain what liturgy is. So we say it's, uh, as liturgical scholars, we say it's uh, the celebration of the Paschal mystery of Christ. That means it's an encounter with Christ, with the risen, with the living Christ, as for the disciples of Emmaus. Yeah, we celebrate his life, his death, his resurrection. He is among us and we encounter him. And therefore liturgy is also, I think there's another point that is why liturgical catechesis is important to make clear that liturgy is a dialogue between God and us. So in uh, my classes, I always use a picture, uh, Michelangelo's famous creation of man. 
and we see God's finger here on the right side. God stretches out his finger as much as he can, and the finger of Adam is slack. But, and that's a clue of the picture, that if Adam wants, he can touch God. That's a creation with freedom. And I think that's also what liturgy is all about, because it's a dialogue. God reaches us. So, for instance, when we look at the liturgy of the word in the Mass, the first reading, God speaks to us, and we reply with the responsorial psalm. God speaks in the second reading. We greet Christ in the Alleluia. Then Christ himself is speaking to us in the gospel, explains through the, uh, with the homily. And then we answer again with the creed and the, and the intercessions. So already the structure of the mass shows, or the, the liturgy of the word shows, that it's a dialogue. And of course, also with the sacraments. So God reaches out to us acts on us in the sacraments and we receive him we participate in the life of god so perhaps to make the, the long story short um, according to the directory liturgical catechesis must be a part of the whole process of catechesis because it adds the dimension of experience in the community of the church. Thank you so much, Father. That's such a good explanation. And the experience is in by way of dialogue. I think that's so important that it's not simply my personal experience of a feeling, uh, but it's really a conversation that I'm having now. God is inviting me to this conversation. So thank you for that very excellent uh, way of framing the whole uh, understanding of liturgical catechesis, which we would say in catechesis, we'd say there is a preparation for, to receive the sacraments, it's participation in the sacraments, and then it's reflection upon the mystagogy, upon the sacraments. So all of that coming together with that uh, explanation that you gave us. You know, in the same chapter two, the directory for catechesis describes the sources of catechesis. It notes that the liturgy is one of the essential and indispensable sources of the church's catechesis. So what does it mean to say that liturgy is a source of catechesis? And how is the liturgy, in fact, a privileged source of catechesis? Yeah, exactly. It, it's, uh, the, the directory states it's a privileged place for catechizing the people of God. And in this section, it adds that uh, the liturgy should not lose its celebratory character. Um, and be turned into catechesis, that means not to insert all kinds of explanation in the liturgy, because that would yeah, kind of disturb the flow of the liturgy. It's an encounter with, with God and in the church and not simply a catechesis. But I think there are two ways in which the liturgy is a source of catechesis. First, the catechesis, the liturgy has catechetical elements in itself. So the readings, for instance, or the liturgical prayers, the psalms that are used in the liturgy, they all help us to learn how to pray with the church. And then the active participation is that uh, the Second Vatican Council highlighted, Sacrosanctum uh, Concilium 14 and so on, the aim before all else, is also important for the catechetical process because um, participating actively in the liturgy involves our own personality 
and leads us from the visible to the invisible. From we, we are singing together, we are praying together, we perform liturgical acts together, and that draws us into the community of the church in which we worship God, we encounter Christ, and, and he encounters us. And that, of course, has an impact, a catechetical impact, on us who participate. And then I would add a second point, because liturgy is the celebration of our faith. So what we believe, we celebrate, and what we celebrate expresses what we believe. So that's the lex orandi, lex credendi uh, theme. Yeah? So that means also that explaining the liturgical science rituals is a form of explaining our faith, of catechizing people. So Romano Guadini, for instance, in his wonderful book on sacred science, um, did exactly this. He, he took the different signs and explained it. He started with the sign of the cross uh, as a sign of the universe, as a sign of redemption, a sign of the Trinity. And uh, so I say it in my own words, we do it before we start praying so that this sign of the cross collects us, opens us up to God. We do it after prayer so that we might keep what God has granted us and so on. In my personal experience, uh, for instance, in homilies, when I included liturgical parts or explained the, the meaning of the liturgical signs, I always or often uh, got positive feedback. And that shows a desire to understand what we are doing. And not only as a ritual, but the ritual expresses our faith. And so it's a catechesis. So liturgy is a source, an effective source of catechesis in which we participate. And though this catechesis, I think, is also quite effective because it's not a theoretical thing, but a thing that, where we participate in person. And so that's so interesting that it's really experiential. Again, we go back to that. It's the experience of the liturgy that teaches uh, somehow the liturgy on by itself is uh, not in a didactic sense, but in an experiential way. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. teaching. Um, you know, I like your, uh, your definition there because that's exactly what the catechism of the Catholic Church defines liturgical catechesis as a movement from the sign, from the, uh, the invisible, uh, from the visible to the invisible, from the sign to the things signified, from the sacraments to the mysteries. That's yeah. how it defines liturgical catechesis in the catechism. And that's exactly what you were speaking about. And at the same time, God gets present in our time and space. That's, uh... Yes. Um, so that, that really is um, a good way to think about that. You know, in recent months, if I could just go to a, a more pastoral question. In recent months, as the world has struggled through the pandemic, mm. you know, parishes and churches began broadcasting uh, masses online. Uh, in a liturgical, catechetical perspective, what are some challenges or limitations and benefits of this phenomenon of online masses? Uh, yeah, that's a very important uh, question. Yeah, thank you for that. I think online masses are a blessing for those who are not able to attend mass in person, 
because of their age, because of their health conditions. And of course, it was a blessing during the lockdown, of course. So this is clearly a benefit. On the other hand, um, the online masses cannot substitute the attendance and the participation in the church when we are all together. It's obvious everybody of us has experienced that it makes a difference whether we are celebrating liturgy together in the church or we are participating from home remotely. And so I don't like the, express, the expression to watch the mass because also, also from home, it's a kind of a participation. Of course, it's not equal, and especially we don't receive the sacraments. We don't receive Holy Communion that is, of course, essential. So in a catechetical perspective that you asked of, um, I think we have to lead the people from the online participation to the in-person participation in the church. Looking at the situation in Europe, so in Germany, especially where I'm from, so we, the church is opened it, at the end of April, the beginning of March. So it's um, much earlier than they reopened here. And the return to church didn't happen automatically. So I think we need to put our efforts in and to encourage people to explain the benefits of being participating in the church. And that, of course, is a challenge. But I think we should do it now when we have this hybrid form in the church and online. Because afterwards, when we... yeah. It might be too late. So I think this is a time for catechizing on this issue. But I want to add a benefit because you asked of the benefits. So I had a, a very nice experience. Uh, one of my students that I had uh, here at Catholic University uh, before the pandemic told his own story. <laughs> so he came from a completely secular environment. So his parents were not baptized. He wasn't baptized. But somehow, he started watching online masses on YouTube. And, yeah, and he liked it, obviously. And that triggered his interest. And he looked up more things about the Catholic faith and so on. And then he, he had the desire to participate in person. And he went to a church. And then afterwards, talk, talked to the pastor then even enrolled in the RCIA program and then was baptized finally. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing, it's an amazing witness how he described it in class. And that shows me, or shows us that, um, it shows the importance of online masses even beyond those we had in mind. So that's also a means of catechesis that's I would say it's a low threshold service that the church offers, and there is a catechetical potential in these online masses as well. Yes, that's very, very well said and balanced because I think that that's what people are struggling with is 
is this idea that somehow if I'm at home and I can watch mass, why do I need to go, right? But it's really the community gathered together in person uh, that celebrates this mystery and can enter into this dialogue with God. Uh, that can only happen really fully uh, in the context of the community, the community at prayer. So you're, you're right to say that that's so critical. And this is only kind of a, in the lockdown situation, it was a substitute, uh, but it can be, it must be just the first step. It is always directing us back to the community at prayer, the community yeah. at worship. So um, it comes to mind, Pope Francis said in one of his online masses in Santa Marta, we are together and yet not together because we need the sign of the consecrated bread and wine. Uh, and he was explaining the, the encounter of the risen Christ with his disciples. Um, and I think, th and then he even stopped the online masses or the daily online masses. Um, so it has benefits and challenges. And I think you're absolutely right. Right. And I think if anything, as you pointed out with that um, story that you told us, <laughs> um, if anything, it is showing us that this could be a moment of evangelization. It could truly be a moment where, or pre-evangelization in, in that case, mm -hmm. uh, to bring people to see, visually just seeing what the uh, a mass looks like, and then having that hunger to actually now participate within a community of faith. So that's very good. Um, you know, Father, speaking of one of your students, you know, one of the courses you teach at the Catholic University is titled Liturgy and Christian Life. Yeah. Uh, what theme... <laughs> What themes in the Directory for Catechesis uh, might relate to topics that you cover in your course? Yeah, I think we can say that this undergraduate liturgy course, or all our undergraduate liturgy courses, um, put this directory into practice, the section on the liturgy and the catechesis on the liturgical catechesis. So this semester I am teaching this course beyond the two graduate courses, and this is an elective for the honors program. So that means that students from different majors uh, are enrolled. So from nursing school, engineering, politics majors. And um, this course is more or less an introduction into liturgy based on Sacrosanctum Concilium. And it covers a wide range of topics. So first, what is liturgy? The so general principles, biblical foundations. So that's where, where the slide <laughs> was from, yeah. Uh, or then baptism, RCIA, that was the context in which the student told his personal story. We also use mystagogic catechesis, for instance, on baptism, on the Eucharist, from Cyril of Jerusalem, and so on, that is also mentioned in the directory then the whole topic of the Mass, Word, and Eucharist both together. The liturgical year, of course, that is also mentioned in the directory. We focus on Christmas and the, the Easter Triduum. And we have a section afterwards on, on liturgy and culture that is also in a part of, of the directory. So my goal for the students is to open their eyes for the richness of the liturgy, of, for the deeper meaning of, uh, of the liturgical signs and actions. So I don't want only to tell them what, what, is, what we do, the one thing after the other, but why we are doing it, why we celebrate the liturgy as the church celebrates it. 
And so to enable them to participate better, to understand more deeply what we celebrate, and so to, to benefit for their own lives in a deeper way. And that's why the, 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 the course is entitled uh, Liturgy and Life. Right? Yes, and you know that question, why isn't it, Father? That, that's really the heart of what uh, our students really ask at the end of the day, because the question of why is the question of relevance, right? It's saying, um, once you understand something in terms of the why, then you understand its deeper meaning and relevance, and you understand it from the inside out, yeah. rather than just, as you said, something that is just presented to you. So that's very helpful. Are there any other themes um, in the directory for catechesis that you wish to highlight? I think the main point from my point of view is this liturgical aspects, of course, as a student scholar. Uh, but I think it's also from a pastoral way, not only from, a, from an academic perspective, but also from a pastoral perspective. It's simply a way to, to enrich the experience of faith. We need the knowledge, we need the community, and the liturgy combines a little bit of all of them. Yeah, you, you, you're gathered as community, uh, of course, before church, after church, that builds also, but uh, that also fills into the experience of community in the liturgy. We, we have the knowledge that is given, we have the prayer, we learned how to pray through the liturgy, and I think that's a wonderful way of bringing people into the church and to deepen our own relationship with Christ. Pat Benini, I'm very grateful for your time in these busy opening weeks of the academic year. All the best for the fall semester and thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for your time and all the preparation and all the best for your semester start as well, of course. <laughs> I hope this conversation has helped you understand better the new directory for catechesis. Stay tuned for our next conversation on Echoing Faith Today. Till then, keep the faith and keep sharing the faith. I'm Dr. Jem Sullivan, and have a blessed day. Thank you. Mm -hmm.